What's up, everyone? Welcome to episode 23 of Preloaded. My name is Josh Finderup, and I'm joined, as always, by the other half of Preloaded, Jackson Vanover. How are you doing this week, Jackson? I'm doing great, Josh. Uh, really excited to dive into our new show format here. Yeah, so last week uh, we had mentioned that we are going to be switching things up, just try to make the show more engaging, uh, much tighter uh, in terms of length. So we're going to be kind of shortening it down. But uh, to do that, we are going to be focusing on just one topic for the majority of the show, one news story rather that kind of feeds into a topic. We are going to be covering a couple of other relevant news stories, but uh, we really want to just pick what we think is the the big topic of the week, kind of as it relates to our podcast and our content that we've been covering in the past, which is mainly, you know, games coming out in the near and sometimes not so near future. So uh, we hope that everyone enjoys the show. Uh, we do welcome your feedback on the changes that we are making. So uh, hopefully, obviously, Jackson and I are hopeful that everybody enjoys it, but um, if there are things that you see uh, that aren't in the show or that you hear that aren't in the show that you miss, uh, let us know. You can write into preloaded at uh, preloadedpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, so with that out of the way, this week we are going to be talking a lot about uh, the new James Bond game from IO Interactive. We're kind of going to go over everything we know about that game. Um, along with uh, some of our impressions of Hitman and uh, maybe even our history with the Bond uh, franchise. So you want to stay tuned for that. But first, actually, Jackson, I should just ask you, as the other half of Preloaded, did you have anything to add to that? Uh, no, uh, I'm just excited to get into this new format and focus down on one thing. And I think it'll be, you know, the best for you guys, the audience, and us in the long run. Yeah, great. So, uh Preloaded posts every Friday. You can catch it on both of our YouTube channels. I'm J. Uh, I am Quest Mode. Well, got got confused there. I'm Quest Mode on YouTube. <laughs> Jackson is JV J A Y V E E. So if you want to watch, you can find it there. Or if you prefer to listen, you can catch the audio versions over on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. And if you are listening on any of those platforms, we'd love for you to leave a review. That'll def definitely help us grow our audience. Uh, which we are uh, trying to do right now. And so we really appreciate that. And as I mentioned, you can write into Preloaded at the email address preloadedpodcast at gmail.com. And again, if you have feedback on our new format, we'd love to hear it. And also, if you have any questions at the end of the show, we dig into our mailbag and we discuss one of your questions right here. So next week, if you want to hear us talk about anything uh, that is uh, you know related to video games, let us know and we'll look forward to reading your messages. And with that out of the way, we are going to kick things off as we always do with our opening segment, Who the Hell Are These Guys? This is where Jackson and I answer a question about our gaming history, our gaming preferences to help you, the audience, get to know us better. And this week, Jackson, we are asking, what is the franchise you'd like to see rebooted? We may have discussed similar topics in the past, but um, this is just something that we thought might be fun to discuss. So take it away. Yeah, so uh, for me, and I think I've specifically discussed this, but this expresses just how much I want to see this, I believe. Um, it's it's Dead Space. It just is. I want sci-fi horror. Um, it, it's just a really good 
uh, genre um, when it's done well. And I think Dead Space captured that perfectly with higher fidelity graphics. I mean, you know, SSDs, all the new tech that we have now versus what we had then. I think it would be awesome. So I would love to see Dead Space given a new take in 2021 or, you know, in the future. Yeah, that'd be I, I'm right there with you. Uh, survival horror, old school survival horror is uh, one of my favorite genres. And I feel like Dead Space is uh, uh, right there amongst the best in that type of game. So very cool for me. It's the Soul Reaver franchise, which is a pretty old franchise. But these are uh, kind of those old school action adventure games where you are solving a lot of puzzles, exploring huge environments, and uh, not a lot of combat, but the co- but the combat that was there was really interesting and creative. Uh, I, I, and the storytelling in these games was extremely good, especially for when these games came out. I don't know if anybody knows, but these were some of the first games that Amy Hennig uh, was kind of at the helm storytelling-wise for. So I'd love to see that come back, maybe with her uh, involved. Cool. That's awesome. It's also Crystal Dynamics, which I didn't realize. Yeah. Yeah. Who has, uh, you know, maybe Avengers aside, uh, has really become one of the better developers uh, in the industry. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So we are now going to actually take our first break. And when we get back, we are going to get into our deep dive topic of the week. We'll be right back. And we're back. And before we get into our deep dive, we're actually going to introduce a new segment, which we're just going to call Breaking News. So one of the goals that we have with this new format is uh, it allows us, because it's shorter, it allows us to record on Thursday as opposed to Wednesday, and then we're going to post on Friday. And that means we can include breaking news, uh, news that happens pretty much the day that we record and so we can keep the show relevant while really focusing in on our uh, deep dive. And this week, we have uh, two stories that are uh, kind of at the forefront today. Uh, this is Thursday, January 28th. The first one is that Returnal was unfortunately delayed. Uh, and, you know, delays, man, they have just become a um, kind of a standard operating procedure for most game companies in the marketing cycle. And and Jackson, you know, my mistake here, I did not put the date that it was delayed to. I think it was April 30th. Is that right? Yes, I've got it here for you. I just double-checked because I realized it's April 30th. All right. This was scheduled for March 19th. Now Returnal, the roguelite shooter from Housemark or Housemarquee, haven't figured out how to pronounce it, uh, <laughs> is coming April 30th, which is a bummer. Again, you know, we want delays to happen if they need to happen and take all the time you need, but it's just – it's for me personally, it's starting to get a little old seeing this just happen on just such a regular basis. Right. It's going to keep happening. That's my my big takeaway, honestly. This is going to keep happening, especially after last year, and especially as this pandemic continues. It just is. Yeah. So. And, and I probably should have a, a bit more room for developers with the pandemic um, wreaking havoc on, on uh, the way we all work. So uh, stay tuned for Returnal, April 30th. Moving on. Yeah, the, I'm excited for that game. Sorry. Yeah, no, that. me too. Yeah, I'm, I'm very pumped for this. I think it's going to be a, a solid game. Um, But the other story that just we can't not mention, even though I don't know, I, I don't know the details, the ins and outs, is the GameStop stock situation. Uh, it is just going bonkers. Um, I think last time I checked, the stock was at around 210 or something like that. And, you know, I remember yeah. looking at this um, like six months ago. I remember looking at it and it was at like $4 and I didn't buy it. What? 
Oh, man. <laughs> I know. It's like if you could go back in time, this would be the situation where you would, uh, <laughs> you know, spend a bunch of money to make even more money. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a wild situation. Uh, just kind of from our angle, relevant to our podcast, I mean, GameStop's been struggling for years. And uh, it's kind of weird. It's an outlier situation where it's like GameStop stock in and of itself doesn't seem valuable whatsoever. Um, and that kind of illustrates how weird and bizarre, you know, the stock market is and how you can short stocks and take, you know, huge advantage of that. But I think what's lost in this story is like GameStop obviously does benefit from, um, a lot of people buying, but also from, uh, the attention that it's getting, but can GameStop actually turn that into something meaningful? We don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I I do think the prospects for GameStop long term are pretty grim. But uh, you know, I hope they. I, I miss. I will miss GameStop if they go away. So I hope they stick around, and I hope that this. Yeah, I hope they can glean something from this. That's good. I yeah, I hope so too. Growing up, I mean, every kid went to GameStop, and, and I'm, what I mean by that is like my you know, growing up in the early two thousands, like just going to GameStop was just the thing. I loved that experience, and so. I would like something positive to come out of this, too. Yeah. And uh, we hope that uh, anyone out there involved is uh, making money. Hope none of you all are losing money. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Hope you guys are being smart about this. Yeah. Uh, so with that, we are going to move on to our deep dive uh, discussion. And this week, as I mentioned, we're going to really focus in on the James Bond game because, you know, there was a, there were a few stories that came out one after another regarding this. And uh, we wanted to kind of wrangle everything together and go over really just everything we know about IO's next James Bond game, which I think is, even though it's far out, it's one of the most exciting games on the horizon. Um, at least that's the way I feel. And um, before I get into this, uh, d- did you have any uh, any anything to mention about this game, Jack? Just that I, I agree with you. Um, James Bond is a huge IP. And so... In terms of making a, like a video game out of that and building a fan base and all of the potential there is very real. Uh, so that's why this was uh, a really attractive story for us to talk about. Yeah. So here is Preloaded's version of everything we know about IO Interactive's James Bond game. So we knew based on their initial announcement that this would be an origin story for James Bond. The funny thing is they said that this is the first origin story, even though... Uh, what is the um, Casino Royale that Daniel Craig was in was an origin story. So that was a little funny. But anyways, it is an origin story. You will earn your double O status within this game. And we know that this uh, they came out later and said that this won't be based on any of the film uh, Bond actors or the film versions of James Bond. So it's not like you're going to see Daniel Craig's likeness or Sean Connery's likeness. This is going to be an entirely new character, which I think is cool. Uh I don't know if you were hoping Jackson to see, uh, you know, any of the old actors I, in there. I think you can run into issues when you do that because you're like, oh, this guy doesn't really look like this guy, and people just kind of fixate on that. I'm I'm glad that they're doing their own unique Bond. Yeah, me too. And not to mention they'll save a bunch of money doing it that way. These actors <laughs> right. are not cheap. Good point. Yeah. So then we know that IO is expanding. You know, this is a huge game. So Hitman. 
three, Hitman one through three, to me, all felt very AAA. They didn't feel like budget games. They didn't feel like they skimped on anything. They felt very AAA to me. However, uh, this should be much larger in scale because they're expanding from 200 to up to 400 employees and they're opening a new studio in Sweden to help with the development of this game. Now, part of that probably has to do with the fact that they're not going to stop working on Hitman. They're gonna that that game is going to have a long tail. They've said that as much, so we know that they're going to continue to work on it. But nonetheless, doubling in size when Bond is likely going to be the focus of the the entire studio. That that to me says that this game will be um, larger in scale, at least in terms of development. Yes, um, that that's a clear indicator, and this is not. Uh, a new thing either whenever studios have success and they expand they start to get into several hundred employees opening other studios we see this all the time and so um, this is not a shock and we should see a even higher quality bar as a result yeah yeah i I agree which is exciting because man i'm playing through hitman 3 we'll talk about that later in the what we're playing section but such a high quality game and so it's so polished is what i really appreciate about but we'll save that for later yep So part of the story that came out this week that I found interesting and kind of I think you can you can um, extract a few gameplay details from this part of the story is that the James Bond, the people that hold the license or the rights to James Bond, like literally the, the family that owns it, along with MGM and one other company, I think it's named Eon or something like that, have been very reticent to lend their license to any uh, video game developers and publishers because the games in the past, at least in their eyes, have been kind of senselessly violent, which most video games are. And, you know, (laughs) if you make a first-person shooter, literally shooting people is the main mechanic of the game, and um, that's something that has turned them off. So that's why you haven't seen a lot of James Bond video games in recent years. But IO, you know, they developed they developed this pitch over two years. They were working on it. So they have known they wanted to make a James Bond game. It's almost like Hitman was that they were prepping to make a James Bond game by developing Hitman. Anyways, they went in and apparently the pitch really impressed the the family that uh, there are a few individuals uh, like one is this Broccoli family. I think their last <laughs> name is Broccoli. I'm not sure about that, but nonetheless... According to the story, they came in and they were just very, you know, stiff and rigid and not excited to be there. And by the end of the pitch, they were just smiling and really happy about how it went. And that's how they got the um, the go-ahead to make this game. But to me, you can probably take away from that that this game is not going to be gratuitously violent, which I think is a great thing for James Bond. You know, I think violence, like in Hitman, has a time and a place, but it m- may not be the focus. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's it's an interesting point there. Um, it makes sense because, I mean, obviously James Bond is violent, but that is not the core of it. And I think with video games, it's been uh, kind of a foregone conclusion with the, the James Bond video games that violence is the core. But yeah, I mean, you've got so many other elements um, going on with the movies and that IP. Uh, so and it's funny that you mentioned Barbara Broccoli because that's the name that I like. I think it's been mentioned with Bond and when there's been speculation like who's going to be the Bond after Daniel Craig. Yeah. It's always Barbara Broccoli. I will never forget <laughs> that name because it's so ridiculous. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad I got it right. I was hoping that I didn't uh, like, yeah, 
broccoli. <laughs> <laughs> it's broccoli. But yeah. Uh, yeah, this is so exciting, and I'm really happy for I.O. And I think that was everyone's reaction with, when this was first announced, was I.O.'s perfect for this. You can see the DNA with Hitman. Um, and, and the fact that it's not going to be as much about senseless violence and killing also makes me kind of think it's going to feel Uncharted-like, maybe a little bit. I don't know if you got that vibe, Josh. Um, I didn't, actually. I mean, okay. that's interesting. What What made you think that? I would say just the overall tone because like nathan drake obviously kills people um yeah that's part of it but he's like killing mercenaries james bond um is is a good guy as well and he has to do some killing as well but i feel like they're it's going to be a little more action adventure that that's actually the maybe that's just what i came up with in my head but yeah. that's where i feel like this could be heading it's funny, the game that popped into my head literally as I was, this was not prior to the show, as I was going through the the story, is the Arkham games. Now, Batman doesn't kill people, but he's definitely violent. But <laughs> those games definitely know and are aware of the fact that Batman is a detective first. And right. you, know, you go in, you solve uh, crimes uh, in a way in those games, and you can be stealthy before you go in like uh, fists blazing, I guess, not guns blazing. Um, so the developers, I feel like of those games really respected the, the source material in that way. And, and similarly, I think that, you know, IO will take into account that James Bond is a, he's a secret agent, you know, he's a spy and yeah, spies might get into sticky situations where they have to use their firearms or firepower or whatever, but that they're first, they're going in to sneak around, you know, they have gadgets. I'm really excited to see what they do with gadgets in this game. Me too. Yeah, a recent game that's done gadgets well, I've thought, is Spider-Man. We didn't really have good gadgets in a Spider-Man game before Insomniac put them in with their new games. Um, Yeah. So, like, using tools in that respect, and also, like, the fisticuffs aspect of James Bond. Like, I want to get in some fistfights, and I think that would be really cool to see some kind of dynamic melee combat system. Yeah, and you know, that reminds me of another th- aspect of James Bond that's not in any of the Hitman games, period, is driving. Like, mm-hmm. James Bond always has a car, a badass car. And, always. Uh, that's got to be in this game. And so it'll be interesting to see how they handle that mechanic. And just this discussion is kind of making me realize that there's a lot of stuff in James Bond that's that's actually not in the Hitman games. Um, so, like gadgets uh, even though like there is an exploding golf ball in the first level of uh hitman but maybe they'll be like exploding pens that's been something i think that has been in james bond or will maybe maybe they'll take the more uh grounded route that the new daniel craig movies have taken where it's more kind of based in reality who knows i could see it go either way but then again it could be like um odd job you know you could have hats that kill people um you never know yeah so It'll be really interesting to see where where they take this game. But one, the last thing that we definitely know is that this game is a very long way off. Uh, it is uh, I, nobody has said anything uh, in concrete, but they, they have said I think that it is far off. So I'm not expecting an announcement or a reveal rather until maybe 2022, and I think at the very earliest, late 2023 for a release. But I honestly think this game probably will come out in 2024, which sounds like way the heck out there. But uh, that's just where my head is at. 
Me too. I think those are very fair estimates. And considering, like we mentioned, the long tail of Hitman 3, IO is dedicated to building out that um, final game in their trilogy, uh, just like they did with Hitman 2. They did such a good job post-launch with that game. So, uh, yeah, I don't expect this relatively soon. Yeah, yeah. So speaking of, you know, James Bond, I thought it would be fun to kind of look back. uh, Are there any favorite James Bond games that you have, Jackson? Man, um, I think for me, like GoldenEye is there, but that's not the one that carries the most nostalgia for me. It's actually 007 Agent Under Fire, um, which was on PlayStation 2, I want to say. Yeah. Um, But but it was one of those games. uh, It was, gosh, uh, Pierce Brosnan (laughs) was Bond. And so it was very kind of uh, campy, I want to say. You you know what I mean? Like that old school. Yeah. Like in the 2000s, like you go back and watch those movies. They are ridiculous. Those games are exactly the same. And I loved that game as a kid. Haven't touched it in, uh, I don't know, a decade and a half. So I couldn't tell you what it's like now. But um, that's kind of where my nostalgia lies. Yeah, mine mine is uh, in that same uh, era. It is a Pierce Brosnan game, but it's the, um, it is Goldeneye. That's literally the only James Bond game I've really spent any significant time with. The, the others for the GameCube and the PlayStation 2 and even 3 and, and I I don't know if there was one for the PlayStation 4. I don't know, but I don't think so. Anyways, the PlayStation 2 and GameCube era, I was kind of out of the gaming sphere. I was focusing on, you know, grad school and all that. So the last one I spent significant time with was GoldenEye, but it was definitely that campy James Bond. And, you know, part of me for the next James Bond game, it's like I wouldn't mind if they went that campy route. And the reason is, is part of the reason that IO has made the Hitman games so fun is that they do have some just really silly, goofy moments. You have this kind of like serious stealth and uh, secret espionage, espionage. There you go. That's the word yeah. I'm looking for tone. But then they, they uh, mix it with these really funny, goofy moments that like the exploding golf ball, for example, or dropping uh you know, a, huge chandelier an antler chandelier on someone's head which i did in the last mission i played you know it's just these dumb things that you can do so i wouldn't mind if they brought some of that campiness back to james bond me neither i think it's fun and i think like you just mentioned io is perfect for that with their track record um and as you were talking i just quickly googled like recent james bond games there have only been four james bond games since 2005 Um, they made one for quantum of solace. Then I think Goldeneye 007 was the one where they kind of mentioned like, uh, this is not the direction we want to go in. Same with 007 legends. Um, these have been Activision produced games and none of them have really stuck out. And I think that's for a reason. Yeah. And I, I think this one will, the other interesting thing, you know, speaking of Goldeneye is, uh, will they bring any sort of multiplayer component into their James Bond game? Obviously we have no idea. But I do know that that Hitman Two, I think, had a Hitman or had a multiplayer um, mode. If I remember, yes. I didn't play yeah. it, but I think people really liked it. Yeah, um, I think it's called Ghost Mode. I'm just gonna yes, it was called Ghost Mode, and IO said they were gonna remove it because it didn't. I don't think it. People loved it, but I don't think it worked out for one reason or another. Um, m- maybe there are some technical issues or something like that. Um, but people did love it. So they've got experience there. 
Yeah, yeah. But uh, I, as you know, if you're listening to this podcast or if you have been listening, I'm not a big multiplayer guy, but I played a ton of GoldenEye multiplayer. So uh, that's definitely uh, a soft spot for for me. Uh, and, you know, the other question, speaking of, you know, we've kind of been touching on Hitman here, but is there anything from Hitman 3 that you'd really like to see? Or, or Hitman, the, the recent series, or even the previous Hitman games, if you played those, that you'd like to see carried over to the James Bond games. I like Bond game, I should say. Right. Um, I think the general format of the Hitman games is really smart. Um, And I don't know that I'd really want them to just transplant and place James Bond in agent 47's place and make all these levels like highly replayable. I don't know if that's the experience I'm actually looking for from bond i would like more of a traditional narrative start to finish that kind of thing yeah but um i love the idea of dropping into exotic locations and being briefed on a mission like that whole uh feeling i think can easily be put into hitman and io does a great job with it yeah i agree. i'm sorry put into james bond my bad yeah the the way the um they they brief you they let you <clears throat> take the information that they give you, then plan your mission out and um, do that. I, I totally agree. And I would just like to see the uh, the creativity that they afford the player, if that makes sense, in these games. You know, the freedom. That's really what I would love to see. And that's what makes me love IO's games so much, at least the Hitman games, is I can go in and I can choose to do a mission however, really however I want. Just in terms of sandbox gameplay, I think that they make some of the best sandboxes and so i would be disappointed if their next game is not some sort of sandbox level design uh they don't have to do it one for one i think in fact like you said that'd be kind of uh, disappointing if they just did a carbon copy but let me tackle challenges however i want given the tools that you give me and as we've mentioned with all the gadgets and the car and the um whatever else they they put in the game I'm I'm hoping that yeah, just a lot of freedom to do what I want. Well said. I would like to see that too. Yeah, and I I should mention I totally blew past one of the details that we did know about this is that they are hoping to make this a trilogy. That was something that was revealed in an interview with one of the uh, lead uh, designers or developers that was posted on this website where some of these details were revealed. As he did say that they're hoping to turn this into a trilogy obviously you know for whatever reason this game like tanks and sales which is highly unlikely that wouldn't happen but um if it's successful it sounds like we'll get a trilogy which is another thing i love how they've rolled out the trilogy of hitman games it's a little tricky to get them all to be playable in one game but if you can figure that out i just love having every hitman game right there for me to play in hitman 3 yeah if you if you've got it figured out and they changed publishers and there's a there's a reason why it's a little bit um not as intuitive as it could be for for very understandable reasons once you've got it figured out it's awesome yeah so uh, did you have anything to add to this discussion i was just looking at the the uh our recording and we're we're well into this thing anything you want to add uh not much just that um whenever project 007 is ready i want to see it i don't want this to be another situation where a game is shown too early and expectations are built and fake demos are made i understand that's how this uh business works but at the same time i think lessons are um should be learned and i i hope that io um shows this game when it's ready to be shown yeah yeah same here i uh would not be disappointed if we didn't see this game for a while. Uh, just show us when you're ready and 
um, make it a good game, which I, I have very, I'm very confident that they will. So we will look forward to that. And with that, we are going to take our second break. And when we get back, we're going to be talking about what we've been playing. We'll be right back. And we're back. We are now going to talk about what we've been playing. Jackson, what's been uh, eating up your time lately? So for me, um, exploring more of Valhalla, that's kind of an ongoing thing because I cover it so much. So kind of a given there. But the highlight for me has been booting up Red Dead Redemption 2 again uh, nice. and just getting yeah lost in that world again. It just reminded me how incredible Rockstar is at um, characters and writing and uh, directing their actors. The performance capture is incredible um, in Red Dead. So that is a timeless video game. I love the slow pace. I know we mentioned it recently, um, I think, in a, in a mailbag question. That's probably one of the reasons I went back to it, but I'm just having a blast with it. Yeah, Red Dead, is uh, that's a great example of a game that... Uh I, I I can't help but think of cyberpunk when I think when I look at Red Dead, you know, just how that's that's a way that's how you should make a big open world game, you know, and right. Uh, uh, yeah, fantastic world wasn't for me, but I, I can appreciate what that game is for me. It's um, it's Hitman three. I have been playing nothing <laughs> but Hitman three. Uh, I was planning on getting a cyber shadow didn't happen. And uh, I am taking my sweet time with that game. I played uh the first mission for probably 12 hours or so uh just i got up to mastery level 20 did everything i could wow. and then moved on to the next one i'm at I, I haven't even gotten past the dartmoor mystery level that's what i've been spending my time with i'm at le- mastery level 12 and so when i finish editing this podcast i'm going to jump back in and <laughs> replay that mission i have no idea how long i can honestly see myself playing this game for around 100 hours it, i am absolutely loving it that's awesome dude um i i I want to say that I completely admire your patience. Um, I <laughs> wish I was, I wish I was that patient. Um, what I really did with Hitman Three is I went start to finish to get through to the end of the game, not to like rush through, but I wanted to see the ending of the story. Yeah, and then I just haven't made my way back to it, which is a bit of a shame for me. But like, it seems like a game you can easily return to, which is great. Yeah, yeah, just all those objectives that it gives you. That I just, they're just like teasing me to get back in there and try to figure out how to how to do them. So. Love that game. Yeah, it's a great one. It's And also, they recouped their dev costs in the first week. So yeah. IO's been crushing it. And I'm really happy for them. Yep. Yeah, and the reviews were great. It seems like this is the best received of the three Hitman games. Not that the others weren't. But uh, really great to see them get some uh, kind of mainstream success with this one. Yeah, I think so too. And I, I want to know your thoughts on um, the next level you're going to play. I know you're not done with Dartmoor, but after this one, there's a really interesting next level. I need to know what you think about it. <laughs> I will report back next week. Uh, by then, I might, I maybe I'll finish the third mission. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, I uh, got the medium to dig into too, so we'll we'll see how that goes. But anyways, uh, we are now going to dig into our mailbag. We got a bunch of really great, great questions. Uh, so thank you f- to everyone who wrote in. Um, we read all of your questions, and it's great to see uh, our our readership or our listenership grow and uh, people write in. So you can write into preloadedpodcast at gmail.com if you want to hear your question discussed on next week's show. But this week, we got a question from Jeremy. So thank you very much, Jeremy, for the question. And he asked... With open world games nowadays being so massive and filled with so much content in your gaming experiences, how do you avoid getting so overwhelmed that you never make it to the end, especially with games like Assassin's Creed? 
And uh, I definitely have an answer for this, but I'm interested to hear what you have to say, Jackson. This is a great question. I think really it comes down to how the game approaches um, balancing its content between side content and and main red line quest stuff. Um, and some games do it well. Some games do not do it well. Um, but really to answer your question, I try to approach it with a balance. I try to spend two or three hours doing main stuff and then go off and explore. And then when I kind of feel that, you know, like someone's tugging on my shirt, like, come on, go back and do the main story, like that feeling in my head, then I go back and do the main story and I kind of alternate. I oscillate. That's how I approach it. And I usually don't get tired that way. But sometimes I hit this block where I'm like, I need to push through and finish to the end of the game. And that's where I know this isn't part of the question, but Valhalla felt way too long for me. Like, I got to the point where I didn't want to do any side stuff because I just wanted to see the end of the story and it dragged a bit. But uh, yeah, I hope that answers your question, Jeremy. Nice. Yeah, for 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 me, I do get fatigued. Uh, it happened last year. I played way too many open world games. Uh, I, and so that's a part of it is trying to mix up the different types of games we play. We talked about in our New Year's resolutions. That's one of mine is to try and play different types of games. Hitman is a perfect example. That's like totally different from anything I've played since pretty much the last Hitman. Um, and so just switching up the different types of games I play so I don't get fatigued with one type of game and it's easy to do with open world games. Um, but the other thing I do is, you know, you say, how do you uh, avoid getting so overwhelmed that you never make it to the end? And the, the thing is, is if a game doesn't hook me and I'm not really invested in finishing a game by the time I'm 10 or 15 hours in, I don't finish it. And And that used to be a thing I didn't enjoy doing I, hate, I used to hate having a game on my kind of unfinished list, but now I'm just fine with that. I didn't finish Assassin's Creed. I didn't finish Watch Dogs Legion. Even though I liked both of those games quite a bit, they were just too similar to a lot of other games I played, and I just put them down, and I'm okay with that. Right. That's a great point, Josh. Um, and another thing that I also thought of was with these games, it, there's a tendency with all games, honestly, to rush. I think that's the absolute wrong approach. I think these games, the healthiest way to approach them is to take bite-sized chunks, not just dive right in and play like, I don't know how you guys play video games, but like six hours today, six hours tomorrow, six hours the next game. Like if you keep playing games like that, and especially some more repetitive experiences, like a lot of open world games tend to be these days, you're going to get burned out and you also you're going to get overwhelmed. So Take it in slowly. That's how it was made to be played. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. So thanks again for the question, Jeremy. And again, if anyone wants to have theirs read next week, the email address is preloadedpodcast at gmail.com. And that is going to do it for us this week. Uh, again, we really hope that you enjoy this uh, new format. Um, please write into the email address I just mentioned if you have any feedback or if there's something you really miss or if you have any suggestions for how to move forward. We'd love to hear from you. And with that, Jackson, before we sign off, did you uh, want to plug anything on your channel? Yeah, I'm just doing a lot of Assassin's Creed coverage, um, any kind of DLC news, anything like that. You'll find it over on my channel. And also on Twitter, I'm at JV on YT, Instagram, JV.YT. Nice. And I have just posted, yesterday I just posted a new video uh, listing out uh, 25 PlayStation exclusives coming out in 2021 and beyond. That's PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5. So if you are interested in that, please go check it out. 
Uh, I'm uh, quite happy with how this one turned out. So uh, look forward to seeing you over on my channel. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Quest Mode Games. Jackson, where can people find you? I'm at JV on YT and JV.YT on Instagram. Awesome. And with that, we thank you all very much for listening and watching. We'll see you next week. Bye, guys.